Hey everyone, welcome to uh, episode 5 of the Analyze and Educate podcast. So today we'll be talking about the Afghanistan papers. Um, This is a story that recently broke by the Washington Post um, and it's hundreds of documents um, about the war in Afghanistan and and basically detailing how the American government um, during three presidential administrations misled the public about progress being made during the war. I will say this, um, I don't think this really surprised that many people. Um, excuse me. I think, I think a lot of us that, that sort of pay attention to what's been going on in the war really noticed, um, just a disconnect between what we've been told by high level civilian and military officials on the government um, and, and what we're seeing on the ground um, as far as casualty reports go, as, as far as um, changes to the battle space with the Taliban retaking so much territory since uh, U.S. combat troops pulled out in 2014. Um and yeah, I, I don't think this really surprises anyone. Um, but hey, uh, cr- Merry uh, Christmas Eve, everyone. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Um, yeah, hope everyone has a has a good time with their family. Um, definitely take advantage of the time. Hopefully, I will have this podcast up either later tonight or early tomorrow on Christmas morning. And I, I hope you really enjoy it. Um, of course, you could find me on Instagram at Kirko408. That's my personal. Uh, you could find this podcast on Instagram at Analyze Educate, all one word. You could find us on Twitter at the same handle now, Analyze Educate, all one word. If you do Twitter, um, podcasts can be found on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Speaker. Um, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast. And uh, yeah, if you like it, uh, spread the word, you know, uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, if you listen to this podcast somewhere, you could leave a review. Please do that. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Um, let me know what you want to see. Let me know what you don't want to see. Um, any, any feedback at all is welcome. Um, so with that being said, I, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Um, and I will leave a link in the description below. If you do want to read the documents, there is hundreds of them. Um, I do plan on reading them at some point, however, but they're very easy to find. Um, it's on the Washington Post website, but I'll put the link up if you guys want to see it. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So the story was first reported by the Washington Post through a Freedom of Information Act request that they made to the U.S. government. And there's hundreds of these documents, and basically they detail three presidential administrations misleading the U.S. public on the war in Afghanistan. Now, this comes as President Trump is expected to announce a partial troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. We'll be uh, keeping keeping an eye on that announcement. And of course, we'll update you guys if that does come. 
These documents come from the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan, and basically they did an investigation <clears throat> on lessons learned to identify and avoid repeating policy failures in Afghanistan. These documents expose a lack of continuity and a clear mission statement at the strategic level, um, both um, in the military and, I suppose, civilian sectors of our government. Um, and these reports highlight a failure to properly identify the enemy in Afghanistan between warlords that were on U.S. payroll, foreign terrorist groups, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, and ISIS as they started to emerge in Afghanistan within these past few years, as well as Pakistan's position as an ally or an enemy to the U.S. Um, Pakistan has Pakistan has, has been accused of harboring terrorists, training them, funding them, or, or simply just ignoring their presence in their country by by plenty of nations, um, especially us in, in terms of the Pakistani Taliban um, and by India um, in terms of other, you know, terrorist groups like, for instance, the group that attacked uh, the hotel in Mumbai in 2008 and killed hundreds of people throughout the city. Um, Pakistan was accused of harboring and training them and funding them as well. And Pakistani intelligence agencies have, have been accused or have been, um, let's say, the, the major player accused of funding and training these groups. Um, these reports also highlight... Uh, ton of spending in the country, right? Um, if you're a U.S. citizen and you pay attention to um, sort of what our government is doing, I'm sure you've heard, you know, these figures tossed out that we've spent, you know, trillions of dollars on, on endless wars. And that's, um, that's, that's not a lie. Um, these reports detail the extent to the literal trillions of dollars that we spent in Afghanistan, anywhere between one and two trillion, at least. That's a lot of money. Um, details focus uh, on body counts to measure success, um, sort of like what you saw in Vietnam. So um, in Vietnam, you had these search and destroy missions and U.S. officials um both civilian and, and high-level military, were really measuring our success and path to victory in Vietnam by how many Viet Cong guerrillas and MVA fighters that our troops were killing. And we see that happening here in Afghanistan, so it appears that we haven't learned our lesson. Um, obviously, Vietnam is not a war that we won. So I'm going to go over a few little uh, quotes and details from, <clears throat> let's see, one, uh, one, two, three of these documents. I, I haven't gotten a chance to read them all. Like I said, there's hundreds. Um, if at some point uh, you guys would like me to to do uh, more of a rundown on, on specific documents, um, I'd, I'd like to do that. I, I do plan on reading them all at some point. It will take a while. Um, but that is something that I would like to do. And if you guys would like to see that, let me know. 
and I'll do it. So here, here's this first document I'm going to get into. It is titled LL-01-D5, and this is part of the Lessons Learned Record of Interview. So here they're interviewing uh, Lieutenant General Douglas Lute. He was the assistant to the president and Dep deputy national security advisor for Iraq and Afghanistan. He was also, at the point of this interview, the ambassador to NATO, I believe. And so this is a quote from him just to kind of start this uh, document off. We were devoid of a fundamental understanding of Afghanistan. We didn't know what we were doing. So let me continue with this document. 2007, and this is these are all his words. In 2007, Haley convinces the president that the National Security Council, and by the way, Haley is the president's national security advisor uh, for President Bush at this time in 2007. Haley convinces the president that the NSC needs a bigger role, the National Security Council. He needed a deputy to focus on Iraq and Afghanistan, whose attention would break down to about 85% Iraq and 15% Afghanistan, or even maybe 90% Iraq and 10% Afghanistan. This reflects the weight of effort regarding troop numbers. Excuse me. In 2007, Afghanistan was viewed as an economy of force, in other words, a secondary effort. Um, and, and here's a little quick side note. Um, I've, I've met a decent amount of Iraq vets, um, right, between uh, friends, family, um, you know, guys at school, or even leadership when I was in the Marine Corps, um, you know, a couple of my drill instructors were Iraq vets, um, you know, platoon sergeants, uh, company level staff, you know, stuff like that. Um, I have met very few Afghan vets that served in Afghanistan from 2003 to 2008. So the height of the Iraq war. Now, don't get me wrong. We still have, we still had troops there in that time. And technically we were, we were still fighting the war. Um, and I have met a few Afghan vets from that time, but not nearly as many as I have Iraq. And I, I mean to say that to sort of go along with this quote from uh, Lieutenant General Lute um, that clearly shows uh, during these years, Afghanistan did not see much attention to it. Um, you know, we went in late 01, early 02, um, and then when we invaded Iraq in the March of 2003, um, Afghanistan was kind of put on the back burner, even though I would argue that that should have been our most pressing matter. And and I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, just something to point out. So another quote from General Lute. Um the thought was that if we don't spend the GAO, which is the Government Accountability Office, or committees on the Hill, Congress, will stop us from getting more funding. So this kind of goes back to the uh, extent of federal spending where um, if, uh, if Congress gives you money, spend it. Because if you don't, they're going to see that and assume that um, they could give you less and less. Um, that's basically the logic there.
Um, last quote. A fundamental impact of the surge was to westernize the fight we committed sorry, we committed to do it ourselves, not through Afghans. So who was doing the advisory effort? We economized. We got the Afghan National Security Forces we deserve. If we started with the ANSF in 2002 to 2006, when the Taliban was weak and disorganized, things may have been different. Instead, we went to Iraq. Now, this makes a lot of sense. Um, when I read this, I, I did, I did um, do a little bit of thinking about this as well. So, um, obviously, uh, the Afghan National Army and the National Police um, are really not where they should be. Um, and, you know, I mean, just, you could, you could tell by the way they fight, you know, they're, they're undisciplined for the most part. They're untrained or I don't want to say untrained, poorly trained for the most part. Um, and it, and it shows, um, just when you look at the amount of territory the Taliban has taken back since combat troops, quote unquote, have left since 2014, um, and you think, well, you know, we've been there since 2000, 2001, 2002. Why is it taking so long for them to get where they need to be? And I read this quote and then that, that made me realize, well, you know, we may have been there since 2002, but that doesn't mean we really put that much effort into training them in 2002. And, and this quote kind of highlights that. So I'll get on to this, this next document here. So this is a memo dated June 13th, 2003, and this is from Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld, which, of course, was uh, George W. Bush's Secretary of Defense. And this is to General Myers, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the time, and Doug Faith, who was the Under Secretary of Defense for Policy. Quote, I am dissatisfied with the reports I am receiving from CPA, and I have no idea what CPA means, um, and CENTCOM, which is uh, Central Command, um, that is the combatant command for the Middle East and Northern Africa, right? So, of course, they oversee Iraq and Afghanistan. I am dissatisfied with the reports I am receiving from CPA and CENTCOM to Iraq and Afghanistan. The president and the National Security Council are probably also unfulfilled. We are not telling the NSC when major efforts are being mounted. We don't have good metrics. We don't have a useful format. We don't have a rhythm or a system. I would like to put together a team of people to develop proper format. And so what, the, what that kind of highlights is um, a failure of... Um, different uh, departments, um, organizations, you know, within within the president's cabinet, and then um, within those departments themselves, right? And this is something this is something we've constantly seen in recent U.S. military history. Unfortunately, um, of course, we saw it with. Uh, I can't remember the name of the operation, but the operation that was staged in Iran to rescue the American hostages at the embassy. Um, it's something that we saw in Panama, in Granada. Of course, it's something we see here in Afghanistan. It's something we see in Iraq. 
Um, and this is this has been a really big problem for uh, the U.S. in terms of foreign policy and conducting war. Um, and it begs the question: Will we ever learn and figure out a way to properly communicate between other departments um, and other? I guess, subsections of those departments, right? So this is the last document I'll talk about. So this is titled LL04, and this is, of course, part of the Lessons Learned interviews, and this is with an unnamed foreign NATO official. Um, it basically details a, a lack of communication and shared objectives um, by... Uh, ISAF, which is the International Security Assistance Force, the coalition, and uh, counter-narcotics officials. Um, also, it shows a distinct lack of uh, shared tactics. Um, so again, this goes back to the, the lack of lack of communication. Um, but of course, one of the Taliban's main sources of income is the heroin trade. So Efforts were placed on the the sort of counter-narcotics uh, role that would have been played in the fight against the Taliban, um, but it was just so unclear how it would have been carried out. Um, again, this interview shows that there was, was a lack of communication between uh, the coalition and counter-narcotics departments, such as the DEA that had teams on the ground in Afghanistan and another uh, sort of drug enforcement agencies, if you will. Um, but that, that's about all I got for today. Like I said, I would like, uh, I would like to do another podcast on these. Um, I do plan on reading them all over time. Of course, that'll, that'll take a little bit. Um, I wish I had that much free time. Um, but yeah, that, that's about all I got for today. Uh, let me know what you guys think of this. Um, these are interesting documents and if you would like to read them yourself, I will post a link to them below in the description. They're very easy to find. It's on the Washington Post website. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Thanks everyone. Have a good, uh, Christmas or, or happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, Enjoy time with your family and see you next time. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Analyze and Educate podcast. Like I said before, you could find us on Instagram at Analyze Educate, all one word. You could find me on my personal at Kirko408 on Instagram. You could find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, anywhere you find your podcast. Really like, share, subscribe, review the podcast, whatever you got to do. Spread the word. The support helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. I hope you like this episode. Um, hit us up. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you want to see. You know, what, whatever you want to tell me, just hit us up. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time.